Hello, and welcome to the Work Printers Podcast, Episode 2. Uh, I'm your host, Christian, and with me today is Rob. Hey, dear party people. What's going on? Uh, so, I guess maybe I should talk a little bit about like how I got into writing and stuff. Yeah, I mean, just talk about yourself or anything. Like This, this podcast, basically, audience, is for us to talk about ourselves. This is another Work Printers podcast where we just talk about ourselves, what we're interested in, and what's going on with our lives and whatnot. So, uh, Rob, uh, I, tell us a bit. Okay, well, I could say, like, what's going on today specifically, if you want to get a bit, uh, if you want to get vulnerable, is sure. today sucked. It was terrible. Like, it just, <laughs> the day was creeping on and on at work, and then I out to, to fetch something as an errand uh, for one of my co-workers my car dies oh, so i'm like ah oh, yeah i i was not i was not happy so right now i'm drinking some uh some fine wine charles shaw charles shaw two buck chucks yeah. finest in two buck chuck yeah <laughs> the colloquialism affixed to it uh and it's like you know what papa needs some relax serum right now so Dude, I'm honestly, just that no I'm good. It well, it makes me sound like a fucking lodge. I could say that, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's one of those things where like wine isn't the worst. If you're gonna be like, you know what, give me that bottle of gin right now, then it's kind of like then we're veering into very different territory. <laughs> Not well, that I haven't only, done that in the past. No, yeah, it's only Tuesday, so give it some time. I'm sure by the by it's, Friday. Yep, I'm going to just like, yeah, but well, yeah, by Friday, you just go ham, pretty much. <laughs> uh, um, so basically, my story is uh, I'm adopted, and I believe that does reflect in a lot of, and I'm a screenwriter, so that reflects in a lot of my writing. Because it's, oh, yeah, and they do say that, um, Obviously, it's kind of like a bromide, but they're like, write what you know, because that makes you more of a commodity. And I think the adoption angle definitely kind of puts us into a tier where it's kind of like, ooh, like, I don't know too many people who are adopted. I would like possibly to hire you, like, for you to actually be under my wing, like, agent-wise and stuff like that. Um, but I, you know what? I started writing when I was like, probably, I'm going to say like six, seven. And what got me into it was comic books. I mean, like a lot of children. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things. First of all, I was a Marvel guy before I was a DC guy. Oh, shoot. I think, Are you a DC um, guy currently? That currently, yes, definitely. Oh, okay. Way more than Marvel. But I, I still enjoy their movies. Uh, but and I still sometimes read the comic books. But the one thing I loved about Marvel growing up was that, like, first of all, the figurehead Stan Lee. Like, mm-hmm. Marvel seemed more approachable than DC. DC seemed a bit, um, it seemed a bit stuffy. I suppose, I suppose you could say a bit more. I don't want to say professional, but it seemed more like a party atmosphere at the Marvel offices, and it's kind of like it seemed like the attainable thing even growing up you're like okay i could be a part of the bullpen and stanley like make made you want to feel that way that like anything's attainable so and plus obviously it was a lot more colorful than the dc comics but um yeah i I started out with that short stories loved writing short stories and it's funny because even back then 
I guess I was kind of realistic, and I'm like, as much as I love writing, I can't be a novelist, because that's just, first of all, I mean, it's so hard to break into that field, but also as well, I mean, then you have to sell a shit ton of books. So it's kind of like, it. At the, at the time growing up, I'm like, you know what, maybe I could register my creativity uh, into something else, even though writing was a primeval love from the get-go. Uh, so I got into drawing because, I, I mean, comic-wise, I also did want to uh, to be an illustrator. But then I kind of realized that my I really have little talent uh, drawing. So I'm like, all right, let me think about something else. So I went ultimately into computer programming, which I didn't stick with because I just, I it, it nothing ever clicked. So... Mm-hmm. After like the, the couple semesters in college, I went to graphic design school. So I, as you can see, like I'm jumping around here a little bit creatively. Uh, I just I love being a creative person, and sometimes it's kind of like it takes a little while to, I guess you could say, work over that turkey. It takes a while for you to like find in where you fit in. So after graphic design school. My friend, who used to be uh, in uh, film school, he came to me with a strange request. That being, he's like, um, I'm just curious, could you write a script for me? Now, I've never written a script in my life. So it was just one of those things where, okay. Um, and his reasoning for it was actually pretty funny. Um, it was, he basically said, well... I had a couple of other people try to write a script for me, girls, and he's like, but I ended up sleeping with them, and they'll never call me back. So, yeah, so he's like, at least I know I'm not going to sleep with you. And I'm like, okay. Well, I mean, not necessarily true, but I I understand where the logic is coming from. Okay. Yeah. Well, sometimes, like, I don't know if I really could believe him. Some of his stories were not the most plausible. But so he had this idea. And we ran through it. It was like a, a detective story idea. How original! And uh, obviously, you and had noir, the two detectives. The noir genre is amazing. So yeah, yeah. The noir. Oh, Sorry, I love noir. Yeah, I love noir. And it was supposed to be detectives, and there's supposed to be paranormal stuff that goes on. They were serving. They were solving paranormal cases. But then, when you think about it, like you have something like supernatural that mm-hmm. is kind of that angle too not necessarily with the noir aspect but still but i always had a thing for like noir dialogue i think the dialogue is so evocative and so mm-hmm. just interesting like sam spade maltese falcon all that sort sort of stuff so i wrote a script not really knowing how to write a script i just put like this character this character this character says something and i put it through because i didn't have a script writing program at the time i put it through uh just like your typical word and i think this was the days before celtics came out so i didn't know that you could get stuff for free like script writing programs (laughs) by the way pro tip uh if you can't not you personally but like a dear audience if you're a screenwriter and you can't or you want to break into the biz and you can't afford something like final draft or um there's another one i forget it's is it uh movie magic or something magic, like that yeah. movie mm-hmm. yeah there's a couple of uh, uh, sw- software that you can you can use yeah yeah um i would suggest celtics because it's free does all you need 
for just like your basic scripts. Um, personally, I have Final Draft. I think it's the gold standard. Yeah. But I don't know. What do you think? I'm kind of curious. What do you think about like different script writing programs? Um, it's funny because I think Bassam would be a good person to talk with amongst the three of us uh, about this topic because mm. uh, I use Final Draft as well because you are correct. It is very much industry standard. However, this day and age, times seem to be changing where you can pretty much use all the multiple different softwares there are now as long as they kind of get the formatting correctly however i will say when it comes to like a professional writing room in like hollywood not that we're officially there yet um most of them just use final draft and the software yeah. you really want to use is the one that is compatible with what everybody else is using so that's really oh definitely game. but i think basam has yeah. found a lot of newer ones that uh he particularly likes um I think he uses the ones that the guys from Script Notes use. And I know he likes... Oh, okay, writer... Script Notes. Yeah, Writer Duet also is pretty good for collaboration. I haven't Ooh. used it to its full potential, but um, I'm also a, Pro tip. a Final Draft Celtics guy. Yeah, I think yeah. Celtics doesn't have multiple like um, mediums for writing. It has like screenplay. It has. Does it have TV show, too, I think? Oh, oh, I know um, that. I think it has play. It has play on his but, TV. What I, what I like is they added a new feature recently where you can actually collaborate with really? somebody. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I think Final Draft does that these days. I'm not oh, at the most on the most uh, the, the latest version. I think I'm a couple of versions behind, so I want to update Me, soon. You know, it's funny as so am I. So I don't know what Final Draft has like to its full extent. Uh, Eleven is out now, I believe, yeah. and I get like I get the emails because obviously I have an actual copy. Initially, when I got Final Draft, it was so, okay. So sue me. It was a an illegal copy for it, but I couldn't afford it at the time. So um, obviously, I got the official version. I think it's version nine right now. But because I signed, you have to sign, I don't know if you have to, but I signed up for their emailing list. Mm -hmm. uh, they'll let you know when there's updates and they'll even kind of throw you a bone if you're a card carrying member of Final Draft and they don't charge you as much. Yeah. Which is pretty nice. For, oh, it's, it's amazing. It's just for the later drafts mm -hmm. or for the later softwares, it's a lot cheaper than, yeah. um, than half you just but, are um, a member, basically. Anyway, back to <laughs> the, uh, the detective thing so i ended up writing yeah. just single spaced i'm going to say about 80 pages which is way because he wanted it to be an hour show and i think 80 pages is right now it's single spaced i'm trying to figure out like the industry standard for like your your network tv it could be like 60 i think something like that 80 was just way too much and again it was my first foray into attempting to write a screenplay or a script oh, and subsequently down the when line i think it came up sure uh, when when you say 80 um do you, single space is that with like spacing each line out or is it like everything written out like it's a novel uh kind of like mm, it's pretty novel-esque like it looks pretty prosy but it's kind of like Detective One, and then I'll do like the little hyphen it, and then I'll put their line of dialogue in, and then I'll go to the next line. Detective Two says this, and just back and forth, back and forth. And interstitially, I will put an action in, or I would, uh, but it I can't even read it anymore because it's so 
so <laughs> embarrassing. But again, it's just kind of one thing where I'm kind of like, hmm, I might have like this screenwriting bug. So subsequently, for a couple of years, I was just writing shorts, um, shorts that have yet to be filmed. But I was writing shorts that, okay. and I got accustomed because I finally got final draft, the pirated copy. But I got that, and that kind of showed me how to how to format stuff. Still, I wasn't the the most. Uh, I wasn't the most elegant with it, but at some point I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with these shorts and what my ultimate goal was as a screenwriter. Did I want to write a full-fledged movie, uh, which I've yet to do because mm -hmm. it really, it's so, it feels, or it looks so daunting and it scares me so much. Yeah, and the funny thing is, I'm like, maybe I won't do a movie, but I was still coming up with a ton of ideas. I mean, I'm yeah. like a factory of <laughs> ideas. And so what had happened was, like, or not ironically, but incidentally, because now I TV write, and I, could, I would never go back. It's like the most, to me, the most fun thing in the world. And it just yeah. so happened I got into TV writing because of the girlfriend that I have now. This person, and I I can't say her name. She doesn't want me to say her name. So I'll just call her Norton because I do have a podcast with her. Uh, which is funny. You've been on my podcast too. So. Yeah, um, Norton's she amazing. Is obsessed. Are just in uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, she is obsessed with television. So much so, this is like her time. Like, for some people, like me, I love the fall because you have the just the the weather changing. It's so nice and crisp. Although, obviously, living in this state, fall could be an like a whole big Indian summer for that matter. Yeah. But um, it's so nice though. You have like obviously Samhain in the fall. You have Halloween, which is pretty awesome because it's my favorite holiday. I'm not really a Christmas person. Like, I could get behind the vibes of Christmas, but I'm an atheist, so for me, I would just celebrate it because it's it's kind of like a vestigial thing from my childhood. I loved Christmas as a child. Now, as an adult, Halloween's more my jam, for the most part. But uh, usually people get obsessed with the fall because of the aforementioned, obviously. I don't even want to say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Pumpkin spice, everything, which it's, <laughs> that's one of my, that's like an, for me, that's like a fucking albatross around my neck. I hate that. That's like, that's my bete noir because it's like, oh, you know, pumpkin's not even a spice people. It's not. So I do like no. pumpkin flavored beer though. Oh, pumpkin flavored beer is amazing. Yeah. Uh, I think there was one called Smash Pumpkin, which um, I forget who makes it, but it's pretty damn good. But but with my girlfriend, her obsession with fall is those things, but it's TV. She gets super excited, like a kid waiting for a letter from Santa because she uh, has Entertainment Weekly. She subscribes mm -hmm. to that. So like in the weeks leading up to like uh, all the pilots coming out and everything like that she just gets all giddy she waits by the mailbox just to see if her fall preview catalog has come out because she will literally and this is no joke she will take 
everything that she wants to see, she'll write it down in a schedule. She bases her life on a TV schedule. <laughs> and so initially, like, I, I watched enough TV before meeting her, but I watched an ungodly amount of TV when we started hanging out. And I'm kind of like, at first, I wasn't super into it because I'm like, this is, this is un- unhealthy. Like, mm-hmm. get outside, get some vitamin D or something like that. Get some, get some uh, sun rays. But, <laughs> but the thing is that the more we started watching TV together outside of just as a romantic time, which was nice, uh, I just started really to get, like getting into TV. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I could write for TV because it's more along the short storylines mm-hmm. as opposed to like 160, 190 page screenplay at least and the one thing i like that i didn't learn until i went to school for writing for tv is just how much how formulaic it can be which i find absolutely which i find fascinating i'm not like i'm not saying one way or another that it's bad uh because i do like structure um and i think one of my favorite people who handles structure is dan Harmon, because he he has the story wheel which i still go to mm-hmm. um Which and I also talk about in monomythic for those you do listen yeah you do uh i love your monomythic they're, they're thank you they're great i need to i need you to get on like a podcast with me sometimes oh definitely oh yeah. definitely we can go even more hardcore into like the, the the method of screenwriting and the method of tv writing and stuff like yeah. that because i want to pick your brain too oh likewise likewise yeah like i haven't touched monomythic in like maybe six months or so just oh wow. life it's so yeah. busy no, that makes perfect sense. Um, but with uh, TV, I'm like, okay, maybe I could do this. And the one thing, and I think you might agree with me, uh, bear with me. First of all, as much as I love movies, because I do have a podcast where it's called After the Credits and Norton and I review movies, but we've kind of taken it steps further and we do TV as well. Yeah. And for uh, those listening, their podcast is amazing. I love it. You guys are awesome and funny and on point. Oh, like, you I try. love your podcast, yeah. Uh, the funny thing is, and I'll get to that um, in a moment, but with the podcast, we mainly talk about movies. We talk mm-hmm. about movie trailers and stuff like that. But the movie industry for, I'm going to say, when, like since I started writing for TV, which probably was about five years ago, uh, the the movie industry is so like in such a stasis it's like so stagnant because not saying that there's not creativity out there and originality that's Mm -hmm. that couldn't be farther from the truth in terms of movies but the thing is it's the studios that don't want to take risks Uh, i mean do you agree with me on that 100 percent. honestly um it's so much easier and a lot more secure to get a tv job than it is to get a movie job these days because people they don't want to take gambles uh, unless it's like a reboot of something or something that yeah. has a built-in audience yeah. or if, if it's adapted from a novel even like you need like this have sold what like 50,000 100,000 books already it's, yeah. it's ridiculous their criteria for new movies oh definitely yeah. it's yeah. funny it's weird though because with TV I think that the industry has like a panoply of untapped originality and they're actually getting more stuff on the air now granted i watch way more cable than i watch or i like let me let me uh kind of 
uh, specify. Uh, I like network TV, mm-hmm. but cable I find myself more attached to because I think that cable TV and you have like what they call over the top um, services. Over the top is basically just your Netflix or Hulu, your mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, with the over the top stuff and with the uh, cable industry as it is now, they're so rec- like recalcitrant against authority. Like I think they're taking way more risks than network, but network still takes its risk. But TV in general, I think, takes way more risks these days. On I something. Ag- agree with you with that. My concern mm-hmm. is with some of the new streaming apps, though, personally, because they just announced Apple streaming the app. Really? This November, which is directly going to compete with Disney's, which uh, also comes out in November. That's, and yeah, my, I, I could see that. My, my concern is because they're both very mainstream and meant to hit the general audience, I feel yeah. like they're going to start censoring things. You know what? That's an interesting point. I think they might. And, I don't know. And the weird thing is that this is like, with the amount that's on right now, that's available to everybody TV-wise... I it's I see it as a double edged sword because okay. there's this oversaturation with the streaming services now uh that I think it's just at some point I hope it doesn't I hope that this is just being just premature uh but I think that it's something's going to explode at some point uh and or the, the industry is just going to be too much and something's going to happen i mean right now the thing that sucks and i think you might be aware of this is uh what's happening with the writers guild what's going on oh man it's it sucks apparently with the writers guild they're having this uh standoff uh with um ata which is the talent the the talent oh. guild yeah 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 I heard about this yeah I, is it still continuing I thought we it's still this. continuing oh my no God, we're it's been months. I think we're days away from like trying to get the like everybody to the table and figure this shit out because the thing is that with the writers guild most people are like you know it's stand in solidarity and yeah. like we work for each other we look out for each other and there are a couple of outliers in the writers guild that they're like nah you know what i'm good with because really pithily put um their audience uh, and i don't want to bore the audience because this is a little bit i mean it concerns us yeah but i but think it's writers, a it's but, a little yeah. bit it's a little bit boring for i'm sure other people to hear but with these and this kind of leads back to the saturation part right now um because uh with the um agents the talent agencies and everything they call them the big four if like a a writer has an agent that agent wants it usually the agents usually i think the industry minimum used to be 10 percent of that 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 their client's salary now they want to go a little bit more because they have these things called packaging deals <laughs> and, and so what, I heard what discussion about yeah what uh bluntly put what a packaging deal is is if you have a writer uh, the agent wants to package them with their script and send them off to a network studio stuff like that and the more people they could package the more obviously the agents get paid and the thing is that now it's a disparity between agents and writers because writers are like you're supposed to be working for me you're supposed to have my back and the agents agents seem as though 
it just they're out for themselves more than anything else well correct me if i'm wrong too but a big disparity and the reason this was a huge conflict of interest that the writers have been calling these bullshit agents out on Mm -hmm. is because these agents i believe also had co-executive titles as like studio heads and directors and hirers oh yeah it was a huge conflict of interest because you're no longer getting your client the best deal yep you're getting the best discount on one of your clients for another job that you have yeah and i could see where people are up in arms about it Uh, i just fucked up it's totally 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 so i mean and this comes down to like tv writers i mean obviously tv writers i think are getting hit the hardest with this because showrunners really they are they're they're basically putting money in the pockets of the rest of the biz which is fine but it's like they're not getting shown any respect they're not getting more money than they more money they should have Mm -hmm. for being so like i think that's what like a lot of it's weird territory and the like the thing is that i'm not as like super dialed in i want to be more i think um one of the things that i want to really get better with um is really reading more of the trades and more of the industry stuff because that's very important oh yeah absolutely Uh, but uh you have like people like big showrunners like matthew weiner from mad men and you have kenya barris from blackish and you have uh, amy sherman paladino from fabulous mrs fabulous mrs marvelous mrs marvelous mrs yeah um but and they're standing together because they're like you know what we're gonna fight for the little guy too there are people that like they're still struggling to get staff writing positions so as long as (laughs) yeah it like in order for things to get better like they just really have to stand in solidarity which is what they're doing um but now it's just tense negotiations because it's kind of like it's it's coming on the 11th hour moving on so, uh, now that we get off of this biz talk for a little while, I uh, want to say something honestly funny about my podcast. The the thing is that when my uh, girlfriend, first of all, I'm a huge music lover too. If I didn't have a movie podcast or a TV podcast, I'd probably have a music one. Because uh, at some point, I was kind of like, what, maybe around 12, 13, I started to get away from your action figures and stuff like that and more into music and now as an adult i could buy those same action figures and just look at them not even play with them <laughs> which is still kind of funny uh but with music uh my mother was a music teacher mm-hmm. i was super into her record collection throughout the years and at some point uh norton she i think she was just bored and this is going back uh, maybe like seven years ago something like that uh she's like you know what i'm just gonna dj they, like how random of a thought is that i think i think i want to be a dj yeah so so she went um you could actually go to classes um for djing at Rutgers. i mean they're not early classes but they're kind of like a couple of sessions where they show you around they show you the, the ins and outs. The dubsteps well <laughs> That I, I, you know what? I don't know if I've ever heard dubstep on uh, ninety point three, the core, which is the the big Rutgers station. Yeah. But uh, but the thing is that when she went to the classes, I'm like, you know what? I could 
spend with you too and she's like well no you gotta you have to go to the classes you can't just be a guest so for a little while i was just a guest but i kind of behind the scenes uh chose some music but i up in like it wasn't until maybe like this actually started um that i was getting kind of like high fidelity level into music mm-hmm. uh, like to the point where i would have knockdown drag out verbal sparring with her over the music that she played because she would pay, play like and you know what so sue me i i don't like coldplay but she'd play coldplay and i I'm love like, coldplay is- I know. Everybody loves Coldplay. <laughs> or Keen and bands like that. And yeah. the on-air banter, I mean, because obviously we have to keep it clean, but we could be colorful. Mm-hmm. Uh, the online banter would just go back and forth. So that was like sort of uh, our, amu- or my, amuse bouche to doing a podcast. Now, at some point, she's like, you don't fucking like my music. Like, she doesn't say this on air. But she's like, you don't like the music that I play? Why don't you do it then? So I, I went <laughs> for classes, uh, and I had my own show for a while nice. on the radio. And she would have hers, and then we'd have a joint show. And my show, because she guessed it on that too, one hand washes the other type deal. Mm-hmm. Um, she, I'm going to say, like, conservatively would not like my music th- 40% of the time. So we'd get into it for, on my show, too. Yeah. And, and so, also the weird thing is that she would just want to play the music. And that's technically the smart thing to do, just play yeah, the music. Yeah, because you guys are DJs. But you, you want personality, you know? You want personality. Uh, and it was required of us at the station, uh, every four songs, uh, because we had to play 12 songs, um, 12, not particular, but new songs. Okay. And they'd give you a whole database of new music that you could choose from. And then, like, just uh, pad it out with anything that you want to play, mm-hmm. permitting that there's obviously no swearing or anything like that. Uh, but she would basically say, do the, the callback every four songs. She'd be like, okay, like, this is Norton at Night. I think that actually was her, uh, her title, <laughs> Norton at Night. So... She would be like, you've just heard Coldplay with Yellow, and you've just heard this, that. Like, four four songs, probably, if you're good at what you're, if you're good at what you're doing and professional about it, then you'd be maybe, like, two minutes. It'd take maybe about two minutes. Uh, maybe include, like, a tidbit or something about a band that you just heard. Now, for me on my show, obviously, I love to hear myself talk. <laughs> so, I... Technically, mic breaks, that's what they call them. Uh, they're supposed to be about like one to two minutes because okay. then y- your audience drops out if it's anything more. Uh, initially, when I started for the first maybe year, because I've done it for about three years, uh, for the first year, my mic breaks would go on for six minutes. And I could see where like if you're going on for six minutes and you're tuned and in, dialed into the radio to listen to actual music, you would turn me off. I could see that. <laughs> and I've had a couple of people actually um, call the show because we have a phone line. Yeah. And so people could request and everything. The only thing is that we couldn't put them on air because it's a college radio station. Mm-hmm. And technically, it's considered educational. And people are really not... Um, trustworthy sometimes yeah. to be on the air because they might let a curse slip or they yeah. might just be total dicks yeah it's like so, fuck you yeah. radiohead yeah exactly <laughs> okay 
from Coldplay to Radiohead. And <laughs> really lovely it up there. I know, really. <laughs> and um, so we get calls like for requests and stuff like that. And I've had a couple of times somebody say, like, I really like your show, but you talk a lot. So at some point, like, I kind of fell out of favor. Not, I didn't fall, like, out of favor with the, the people at the, DJ, the, the radio station mm-hmm. or anything. I just kind of fell out of favor with doing it because sometimes if you don't if you don't um do it for a while or let's just say if you don't get because you could pick a time slot yeah now sometimes you're not going to get you pick three technically and you're, you're going to get one of those uh if too many people want a certain time slot and they've been there for longer than you they get that time slot yeah that makes so sense. i think the the worst time slot I've ever gotten was when I was still wet behind the ears when I first started out because they give you the worst. They always give the uh, the red shirts the worst. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think I was on from 2 to 4 o'clock in the morning. I would love that time slot personally. Uh, right now I'd probably... Well, I have a job, so I got to get up early. But um, I want to say if I didn't have a job, I'd probably like it a little bit more because those were the times... Uh, because at the time when I was d- uh, DJing that time slot, uh, I didn't have a job and yeah. obviously my co-host did, so she couldn't attend. Uh, and I kind of liked being alone in the studio. Sometimes it gets a little lonely for two hours cause you have to do a two hour show. Yeah. But, um, I got to play ex- more, more experimental stuff. So yeah. I was pretty, I was pretty hip to that. Uh, but then I think obviously the longer I got to DJ there, I would get like a 10 to 12 spot, which was my optimal spot, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at some point, like, I'm kind of like, why am I doing this anymore? Like, I like doing it, but it's just, it takes a lot out of you. Yeah. Uh, just, just sitting there for two hours, that takes a lot out of you. Playing awesome music, why not? But <laughs> yeah, I kind of, it just fell out of favor with me. So I stopped it and I was thinking at that point, uh, maybe I could do a podcast, but. This was about three, three years ago or so when I like started the podcast. Yeah, and, and because I was asked, uh, one of my friends actually said, um, "You know, I have a friend. He has it's um, a podcast or a couple of podcasts. He basically talks about wrestling, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a network of podcasts. And he's like, he wants to do, he wants to try something different. So he's like, could you? I mean, you screen right? You're." you love movies would you be up for doing a movie podcast i'm like okay that's fine (laughs) and i wasn't sure of the format um initially i just wanted to talk about movies with my girlfriend Mm -hmm. Uh, at some point it just clicked with me well we'll have a first second third act so first second first act is trailers for the most part second act is the meat the movie itself and third act usually is the shortest because that's to me uh just the ending credits music um Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit of news sprinkled in but that was about it and it took me probably i'm gonna say about it didn't take us long to get into a groove it just took me a while to really find like to, to to be more experimental yeah and I, I like uh, what you do with the music and the editing yeah. of your podcast overall. Yeah. Uh, Emphasis on mental, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. For the work print, but, we, we do, like, so many different podcasts here, and I'm I'm hosting a good amount of them. So, like, mm-hmm. the format here is kind of just like, all right, let's record, let's release it, 
and yeah, you like, know, just consistent content. But you know what? Variety is the spice of life. And I find with a lot of networks, um, that's what they call like mm-hmm. the whole podcast thing. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I know you know that, just for anybody not in the know. Um, a lot of networks have varied podcast because they obviously want to kind of run the gamut which is great yeah uh i'm part of two networks now because um i just wanted to see if it would work so i'm jointly on damage 365 which is company that gave me my shot at this so shout out to them and uh acp and network uh they do um a couple of like they do the adventure time podcast um they do uh actually the reason i got into the the network to begin with was there's a podcast called drunk on disney and <laughs> they are part of that network and it stars dana snyder who is the <laughs> voice of master shake uh so i'm like you know what? i want to be affiliated with those guys too hey why not i mean maybe i could nab uh a couple more people along the way who like my podcast yeah so we've been doing it ever since and it's been fun i've been more experimental with um podcasting for the last couple of months because setup for the podcast is not lengthy but sometimes because i work off of this really crappy laptop that i've had for uh it's been through at least two heart surgeries heart transplants let me guess like the, the actual hard drive and stuff like that nine years old Really? Yeah. It, well, I was it's right. Definitely. It, yeah, I think it's about. Actually, I want to say it's about that that, that old. Yeah. I mean, wow, it's about time. Awesome. That, yeah, it's about time to number. hang it up. Yeah. Yeah, it was about time. To, I think it's about time to hang it up in terms of that laptop and get something else. Yeah. Um, but I'm operating right now off of the desktop, which is great. It's a beautiful computer. Uh, but the setup with that laptop, uh, the old one for the podcast, I have to almost walk on eggshells because it's the type of crappiness right now uh, and not trustworthiness right now, uh, where if the cable comes out, the power cable, then the podcast just shuts off. The battery is more or less just operating on the cable itself. The battery is not holding a charge, basically. It's not holding a charge whatsoever. And I'm like, okay, I really got to make certain. And there's been there have been times since this started happening when it shut off and we'll get uh, about a good 30 minutes in we'll have live spirited conversation and then it just shuts off and those are the worst because your heart sinks yeah you're like oh we just lost a lot of good footage uh so then we have to do it again and we're not in the best of moods for doing it again yeah so, i totally hear you i've i've been doing non-stop podcasting for, since like february really so oh, nice. when, it, when things go wrong trust me and they do here uh, even right now, uh, <laughs> it's just like all this work, all this editing. Um, yeah, I I've been struggling more on the technical side though than the actual recordings. Yeah, so like we, for the most part, and this is for any audience member, or guests, or not guests, but like listeners. Um, we've been commented of not having the most consistent audio for these, but that's because we use a program called TriCast for most of these uh, for these audio recordings, which we're using right now, actually, right. And um, what I what I've been doing lately is I've been ripping the TriCast audio and downloading it as an MP3, and then from that um, I've been editing on uh, what's the what's the application on Audacity, 
And um, normally that would be okay, except when it's on Audacity, um, depending on how I convert it and if I want to increase the bandwidth for better quality, uh, it it just doesn't translate back to TriCast that easily. Like, the TriCast editor really isn't the best. And don't get me wrong, Audacity isn't the greatest either, but at least with Audacity, um, I can... I can manipulate, move things around a lot better than on here. But yeah. And with that, Rob has now cut out. Uh, it seems we're having more technical difficulties throughout this podcast, which is kind of funny. Um, we'll pretty much, for those listening, uh, we'll go into uh, one last segment where uh, when Rob gets back in, uh, we'll, we'll talk about kind of... Uh, what we're planning to do next, or what we're working on now, and then we'll kind of wrap from there. Um, I'm not sure what's going to stay, because I'm going to digitally edit, or edit some of this out. So, um, Rob, whenever you're ready, please come back in. Uh, I don't know what's going on on your side with the mic. Or if it's my end, again, this is the problem with TriCast. <laughs> Hello? Back. Hello? Hey. Okay. Okay. I I heard you before. Uh, maybe like ten more minutes, and then I guess we could wrap. Oh, you actually heard everything I said? I did. I did. That's I can so hear funny because I was like literally like Rob dropped a while ago. I'm probably just talking to myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, well, the weird thing is um, the program that I use because this I actually kind of like only in the, uh, the sense like what we're using right now. This is uh, strictly the reason that we're using it is because uh, we can collaborate through multiple places mm -hmm. easier like uh, some of our writers yeah. live in like seattle or california and stuff so like it's easier for us to use this as compared to like uh uh this uh, is skype yeah uh the the thing that sucks with because i have to for my podcast um i have to use a program called and it, it doesn't it, it sucks it, and i'll tell i'll let you uh know why in a moment uh i think it's beautiful it's called um it is called why am i forgetting the name right now uh but i had to use it um according to the owner of uh the the network and every speaker okay i use speaker yeah yeah now Spreak speakers are interesting because the interface is beautiful it's gorgeous mm -hmm. i have a mic bed on my podcast so i could put that it's almost like an actual dj type thing because you have channel cool. one and you have channel two yeah so channel one you could play all the way through if you want throughout the podcast and you have these little buttons too for uh any sound effects that you might want to play or i have to play uh, commercials for my podcast um and underwriting stuff like that so uh it's beautiful in that case the only thing that sucks about speaker is that let's just say my podcast recording on speaker right now were to drop out nothing is saved yeah, that's so, the one great. Oh, I hit my mic. Uh, that's the one great thing about uh, TriCast is everything's streaming, so we're constantly yeah. saving and updating, which is probably a reason we're also dropping out a lot too, though, because I have a lot of signals running through my house right now, so which is not good. So, <laughs> um, so to uh, kind of go on what you were saying, uh, what's up for us now? Well, for me, uh, again, I write for the work print. I'll be posting my preacher review very soon, which are awesome uh, weekly reviews that you do. Yes, I, I kind of realized, though, it's funny because I realized the last couple of uh, reviews that I did for Preacher, well, recaps, um, they've been 
like immensely long. I'm gonna try to shorten it just a little bit, just kind of mm-hmm. pull it back a little bit, because uh, my girlfriend, she uh, she's like, I read uh, your preacher article, your last one, and she's like, it's really good. It's just really long, mm-hmm. and I I love. I think for me. Uh, when I get into the zone, I just can't stop typing. Yeah. But I do take a lot of notes and everything so that, I mean, obviously it's coherent, yeah. cohesive. Uh, but with that too, uh, I am also doing something for the work prints. I was asked to review uh, the Banana Splits movie. <laughs> so, Tell me more uh, and, about that, please. Okay. Um, the Banana Splits movie, I actually saw... Uh, not previews for i i think i saw an article about it like a little like a while ago mm-hmm. and i'm like this looks like five nights at freddy's what if they just took a five nights at freddy's script that was never made an unproduced script and just kind of tailored it to be something original yeah which i think i've heard that they possibly did it seems uh, from but, the images it looks like it honestly yeah uh but Basically, the movie, because I'm like, all right, I know this is going to be creepy as fuck. So I and I'll be honest, I'll be the first to admit full candor here. I keep it 100. I can be a big pussy at times when it comes to horror movies and stuff like that. Like, I'll watch them and I'll love them, but I'd rather have another warm body next to me so I don't feel so creeped out. Um, So I roped Norton into this and so uh, we're going to be doing a podcast for this so you guys get to hear our banter on this as well Sweet. that'll be a, 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 an exclusive for the work print which is awesome and uh, basically I, I've entered my script my current uh, pilot which is called The Warmest Place it's like a dramedy mm-hmm. uh, I've entered that recently into a couple of competitions good so luck, fingers man. crossed yeah, good thank luck. you because I did that like a couple of years ago and yeah but anyway, yeah. Um, and I'm actually looking outside of that because I'm finessing it. Obviously, there's a whole thing that I've learned because I went to the new school mm-hmm. um, in New York for screenwriting. Yeah, which and, is a great school. Uh, it's a great school. Yeah. It's phenomenal. I love the classes. Uh, for um, those listening as well, uh, the guy who made the theme song to TV Talk and my buddy Vinny, uh, who I talk about and did the Swamp Thing podcast, he is also a graduate of the new school for uh, oh, awesome. performance. So. Oh, we very got nice. New school alumni in this uh, in the world. We do. Yeah. Uh, what um, I kind of realized is that there's a lot that goes before a script um, th- that they actually teach with the new school, and if it's a school worth their worth their salt, then basically they're going to give you the actual process. Now, th- I've come a long way. Um, I'll be honest from starting my first script that was 80 pages and just completely embarrassing mm-hmm. and actually very Tarantino-esque but like cheesy horrible Tarantino-esque dialogue because I thought I was being cool <laughs> yeah I think we all go through that phase Absolutely. a little bit I have a 90 page script about love and romance and death um, yeah all three in one movie that also was very embarrassing I would love to compare our first scripts with you oh I would you know what we should do that for like one of the monomythic just compare really terrible yeah. lines of dialogue that we wrote I love that idea that, yeah that's it's amazing we'll, we'll talk about that after at some point yeah, yeah, yeah capital yeah. capital idea um, but with uh, the actual process of a script you have to do a, a 
a beat sheet you have to do an outline you have to actually plot out when you're doing something for tv when you want to make an original series um and even though i've done spec scripts uh for tv too like i did a bob's burgers one so i did that same thing i did a, a beat sheet yeah. an outline and for those of you listening who are screenwriters or want to become screenwriters the beat sheet is your friend <laughs> do not be afraid of the beat sheet basically it's just you map out every scene yeah what constitutes as an actual scene is when you change locations. Yeah. So it's a, it's a beat. I mean, that's what a beat is. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm looking to do another one. I just don't know. Actually, I've been working a little bit on just for my own amusement, and I could probably belt it out. Uh, at least the beat sheet, uh, the script could be belted out. I'm hoping in like a couple of weeks. But I'm working on a what we do in the shadows script. Ooh. Yeah, okay, uh, which be interesting. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I will say this, like TV wise, uh, I again, I, I watch mainly cable, like Atlanta and stuff like that, like really crazy out there stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I would say one of the most surprising, but very fulfilling new shows that had come out in 2019 was what we do in the shadows and if you guys are familiar with it it's based on the movie itself although it does something genius and it doesn't really use um the people in the movie they're part of the same universe but it uses a whole new cast of vampires <laughs> and i actually i'll be honest as much as i love the movie i love the show that much better oh really yeah uh, i, I don't know have you seen it no no okay. i haven't it, yet. Oh. I, just, I love the movie though the movie was one of my favorites I want to say it's streaming on Hulu right now. I wish it came to Netflix because every one of their episodes highly rewatchable. Um, what about you? What are you uh, going to be up to as of late? Oh my god! Podcast. Um, podcast wise, we've got these weekly work printers. I think, or I like. Um, I'm trying to figure out with Bilal what he wants to do with it. We're actually going to have a meeting in a couple uh, to see how often we're going to do these. I'm still going to do TV talk because that's my bread and butter. Um, yes. Uh, and that's about it podcast-wise. For writing-wise, though, I have a full plate, honestly. I'm teaching workshops nice. with Jad, as I think we mentioned in the last uh, TV uh, host-themed episode. Uh, I'm doing workshops with Jad uh, for um, Collab Arts, an organization in New Brunswick that meants art and community. Um, Actually, uh, really quickly, um, I just want to say Collab Arts is amazing actually that's where uh i got my start uh, uh like the start of our friendship you basam jad <laughs> actually yeah. all of them yeah yeah uh, and it's fun. like if you guys are local like new brunswick and stuff like that like in the new jersey area central jersey highly, particularly central jersey mm -hmm. yeah um i'd highly suggest checking it out because it's all love there there's no ego which is great because mm -hmm. I mean, us writers have egos. I mean, that's what make us makes us writers. But uh, um, I will say that uh, it gave me a couple of really cool opportunities to just meet wonderful people, creative people. That's the thing. I think uh, joining a writing group in general, no matter where you reside, is integral to becoming a better writer because you could get critiques and as long as you're mature about it and your writing has matured if it's constructive criticism that's that's gold yeah absolutely um, um yeah yeah uh so but for collab yeah um chad and i have been teaching thursdays uh 
writing uh, about environmentalism issues. Uh, we're part. I'm gonna have to attend. Yeah, yeah, come by. It's at seven uh, every Thursday. Uh, for I think we have six more sessions. So yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Yeah, but before I do that, I, I work on the comic book that I'm writing with Kyle, who I just did a podcast with, I think, two oh, years nice. ago. Oh, nice. Yeah, we're doing a comic book called Fear the Boogeyman. It's kind of a really interesting concept of uh, what if your worst nightmares came became realized? Like, nice. what if you lived in a, a world where your nightmares became kind of manifested and real, but at the same time, um, they started kind of disappearing one by one? Um, oh, that's awesome! Yeah, it's weird. It's a it's a big play on on what how much fear means to a person. Um, um, I will say also, audience, um, this is not this is not Christian's first foray into comic books. Oh. He actually did something that I participated in as well, and yep. we both won. Won, uh, which is called Comic Book in a Day. And I would say if because they I think hosted around the country. Um, it's all over because I think other comic book shops have it. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're really wanting to get your writing chops up and you like comic books, it's worth actually trying out because you have to write 24 pages in 24 hours, which yeah. sounds like like 24 hours sounds like a lot. But once you get down to concept and art, then... I mean, it's it go, it flies by. You're like, oh my god! It's incredibly daunting because you have to go from co the idea to a finished comic book mm -hmm. while working twenty four hours. Straight. Yeah, while working with your artist and kind of collaborating, and uh, by collaboration, it's like really stressed collaboration because oh, you have yeah. to compromise left and right. You know? Oh yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. But fun as hell. Yes. Like, but by the time it's done, you're like, oh, why did I do that? But then you get sleep and you're like, oh my god, that was such an amazing experience. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I, th I guess we could wrap up. Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, I I thank you for giving me this opportunity to kind of spat out a little bit, uh, spat out on a little bit about myself. And uh, obviously, if you guys are a fan of what I do for the work print, writing wise, and everything, uh, give me a little comment. Yeah, uh, check out Rob on the work print as well as myself, uh, both on theworkprint.com. Um, for me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook as well. Uh, XN underscore Angelus on Twitter and Instagram. Christian Angelus on Facebook. I'll be developing a writing page soon. And XNAngelus.com for uh, my portfolio where you can see my work and all this other stuff. Um, Rob, is there anywhere else that the audience could potentially maybe find you if you want? Um, well, after the credits, uh, I want to do more podcasts, so... Uh, hopefully, uh, I'll be a guest on a couple of other podcasts in the near future. Mm -hmm. uh, you can contact me on Facebook. Uh, I believe just search up Robert J. Kajowski. I have no problem giving up my last name, mm -hmm. uh, which, I mean, some people are a little weird about, but I say my last name in the podcast all the time anyway. Uh, yeah. Obviously, I'm doing uh, work, the work prints. And uh, you know what? You could search up for my name on the small screen at some point, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, man. Um, yeah, and that's it for this episode of The Work Printers. At some point, Rob, you're definitely going to come back for another episode at some point. Oh, oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt, yeah. man. Awesome. All right, thank you for having me. Yeah, no, thanks for being here. And audience, uh, thanks for listening, and have a wonderful... Story time. I don't know. I, that was a horrible outro. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to have a wonderful night because I got my sour grapes right here in a glass. That sounds amazing. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. <laughs> All right. Bye, All right. everyone. Bye, man. <laughs>